Hey guys, Rachel jumping in here quick. Before we listen to some all things animated, I want to let you know that this was recorded a while ago and I wouldn't even need to tell you except for at the end of the episode we talk about it being close to the 4th of July. Yes, this was recorded in July of 2022, right before I was having my daughter. We were trying to cram in as much content before I had her so I could edit in my spare time, which clearly still took me forever anyway. But here we are. Hope you enjoy the episode. My cat's trying to eat the bread and the almond butter, and I'm just trying to make a sandwich. Making a sandwich on the <laughs> podcast. There we go. Forget cartoons. Oh We're goodness. not food podcast. <laughs> oh my goodness. Could you imagine? Hello. Hi. Welcome. Hello. All things animated. My name is Rachel, and with me are some fabulous human beings who are named something. I don't have a name. Oh. Okay. I have my name if, revoked because of various crimes. Um, if you were going to give yourself a name, what would it be? Balthazar. <laughs> okay. His name is Jesse, if you're wondering. And also with us, who is making a sandwich and getting attacked by cats, is... <laughs> Hi, I'm Gabby. Today, I'm very excited, guys, because we are reviewing the never-ending story, The Animated Adventures of Bastian Balthazar Bucks. Just to clarify, I guess I should say, we watched the first three episodes of the animated series, The Never-Ending Story. Um, And so if you could summarize this series in three words, what what would you choose as your three words? It's like a more fantasy version of Magic School Bus. Yeah, I was oh. going to say it's like Magic School Bus meets Dragon Tales. Yeah. Whoa, that is such a... I never would have, like... <laughs> well, part of that is the, the animation, animation style. It's very much Miss Frizzle-esque. Or Dragon Tales or Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Um, that era of cartoons all looked kind of like oh, that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love it. So it's if... The Magic School Bus and Dragon Tales had a baby. Yes. And okay, I've cool. never heard of that baby until now. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually what I want to ask you guys next is, have either of you actually ever seen, like, the classic film, The NeverEnding Story, or this series before? I literally grew up on the film, and we wa- I specifically watched it so many times that I wore out the DVD. That's awesome. By contrast, I have never seen the movie or this TV series. Gabby, were you aware the series was a thing? I wasn't. This was my first time hearing about it. Okay, cool. Wow, that's so interesting. So Gabby's like the diehard watch the DVD all the time and Jesse's like the, I I don't know. I'm a newbie. I was going to say the newbie. I was going to say uncultured swine, but I won't say that. (laughs) Uncultured swine. No, you can say it. Well, okay, here's the deal, though. There's films that people consider classics that I have never seen, so I have no room to talk whatsoever. So, cool. Wow, that would be really interesting. I feel like I'm kind of halfway between the two of you. I've seen the film, but it wasn't like, I wasn't like a diehard fan, but I enjoyed it. So I found out about this series because I found a VHS VHS tape of it at a thrift store one time. No. They had just, it wasn't the whole series, it was just a few select episodes and um, 
So I actually haven't seen most of the ones we watched for today's episode. Hmm. Before we get into facts and spoilers, would you recommend this to anyone or not so much? I think it's a good cartoon to watch with your little kids. I'm talking mm-hmm. very young. Yeah. Because it's pretty inoffensive, as in, like, it's not really scary. It's got enough stakes to keep you interested. Like, if you were an adult watching, it's not complete nonsense, do you know what I mean? Yeah, uh-huh. Um, the voice acting is really good. I was actually quite impressed with it, because cartoons from that era don't always have the best voice acting. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, yeah, I, I feel like I'm kind of a similar... Um, but as you are aware, I enjoyed it probably mostly for nostalgia's sake. And I'm not sure that many adults would be like, yeah, but it's, it is a pretty sweet, innocent cartoon for kids in a fantasy yeah. setting. So I'd recommend it for that for sure. And if you're just a cartoon buff and you're like, what is this? I'm like, yeah, check it out. Yeah, if you like cartoons, I mean, it's a pretty fun cartoon to watch. You don't have to be totally invested it's one of those cartoons you can play in the background. Magic School Bus is a lot like that, and I'm a diehard fan. But you can kind of <laughs> just put that on, and it just plays while you're cleaning the house or something. Yeah, I could totally see that. Are you guys ready for some of my fast facts? Go yes. for it. Okay, I'm going to try and actually make this fast, so here we go. Fast fact number one. Um, this, the movie, the series, all of it was based on a book by a German writer named Michael End. Uh, it was written in, well, I guess it was released in 1979, and the English version was released in 1983. And I actually, I had the privilege and joy of reading this in middle or high school, and I have to say, there is so much more content in the book than there is in the movie or the series. Um, it actually felt like two books in one, the way the plot worked out. And the film in this series, so the film from 1984, covers the first half of the book. And the author was revolted by it. He asked for it to be renamed or stopped altogether. It didn't happen, obviously, so he sued and lost. Oh. So, <laughs> yeah. Gosh, it's Mary Poppins all over again. Yep. Yeah, it's Like, beloved mess. classic movie hated by the author. Yeah, so it's a huge mess. So I have a feeling he'd probably hate the series even more. I mean, oh yeah, oh for sure. <laughs> Which is so funny because it is it is a classic. People love right. this movie. So both the movie and the series actually borrow elements from the book. Uh, I wouldn't say that it's legitimately the exact tales from the book, but they definitely borrow elements and characters and stuff from there. So this series we're watching, the animated adventures of Bastian Balthazar Bucks was uh, released in 1995 in Canada, uh, different from the book, but has elements of it. And there was also another series in 2002 called Tales from the Neverending Story. It was also only one season. Yeah, I, that was a live action. So much content from one book. And I'm pretty sure the author hated it all, but you know. Probably. (laughs) I feel like the only true book to screen adaptation that the author really likes is princess bride yes oh really i never heard how the author felt about it um because the author of the princess bride was actually a producer on the movie set 
No. So, yes. similar to how in, in the 21st century, The Hunger Games is so good and truer to its book origin than most adaptations is because Suzanne Collins worked uh, with the with the production team directly. Wow. So you can tell when the author is heavily involved in the adaptation. That's cool. That's yeah. super cool. If you did grow up watching the movie, some differences you're going to notice between the movie and the series is that apparently the nothing is a reoccurring villain in the series instead of just like a one-time plot point. Huh. Um, the wolf creature Gmork oh, yeah. is a white wolf that um, that the nothing belongs to, I guess, which is also different. Zaida, who is in the sequel film, mm-hmm. looks different in the film versus the series. Yes, she um, does. Yeah. It threw Apparently, me. Apparently. <laughs> it what? Oh, it, it threw, threw me. Yeah. <laughs> like, total curveball. You're like, who is, who is this? Who is this woman? Mm-hmm. And so in the series here, she has a green robe. She has a mask with yellow isolates. And in the film, apparently she uses, her face is created by a special magical cream. The ultimate face huh. cream. <laughs> That's all I have for fast facts. Basically today, we are going to be discussing the first three episodes of The Animated Adventures of Bastian Balthazar Bucks, The Tears of Sadness, The Meek and the Mighty, and The Purple Buffalo. Should we jump in? Yeah, let's go for it. Yep. Are we going to okay. come up with a fun rating system like we did for Scooby-Doo? Yes. Um, for Scooby-Doo, we rated it for enjoyment out of five Scooby, Scooby snacks. snacks. What what five things should we do for this? I guess we could do it literally just books. Five like one books. Out of five books. Five out of five books. And robots. Robots. What? The giant robots. For, yes. Yeah. For Zaida's army. Yep. Would that be the enjoyment rating out of robots? No. That would be the, the other one. So the robots are enjoyment. The books are the quality. Excellent. This is a democracy. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone in favor, say aye. 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 <laughs> okay. The Tears of Sadness. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. This was the only episode we watched for today's episode that I had actually seen before. This was one of the ones on the VHS tape I got way back when. Hmm. Yeah, so I was like, heck yeah, nostalgia. <laughs> so, a brief summary. Does Do we want to make one up or should I just read what Wikipedia has? Oh, I'm going to make one up. <laughs> oh, go <laughs> great. Go for so it. So, in oh. the opening story... Of the new never-ending story, Bastion goes back to Fantasia to find that people are being turned into stone, and he's been tasked with figuring out why it's happening, how it's happening, and how to reverse it, how to fix it. So he travels throughout the land of Fantasia, trying to find those answers, accompanied by the flying thingy and the tree thingy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. My soul. I'm an expert, can't you tell? Oh, and and that's that's your summary. That's, that's my summary. It doesn't give anything okay. away. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, I guess I should say we're in spoiler zone now, so people beware. We can spoil all we want now. So does does Bastian save the day? Did he? Everyone dies. 
yes there is no other episodes actually it's all just a blank space this episode doesn't even exist we dreamt it together hallucination (laughs) shared psychosis good grief let's just dive in to this episode what did you enjoy what were pros cons favorite moments thoughts spew the randomness i mentioned this toward the beginning but i was quite impressed with the quality of the voice acting Obviously, it's a kid's cartoon produced in the late 90s, early 2000s era of cartoons. But I I was impressed. And you can tell that they had the child actors. It sounded, at least to me, that Bastion and the the um, the childlike empress were vice- voiced by actual children. Which is a refreshing change. And if not, then that's really good voice acting. Because it fooled me. Nobody's going to know who this is. But I noticed that the bark troll, so like the tree creature, as you referred to it, Jesse, mm-hmm. <laughs> is the same voice actor as a version of S- Snow White that I grew up with. Hmm. That was by Jetlag Studios. It it was like produced in Japan or something, so it was anime-esque. And this same voice actor did all the voices of the dwarves. And I was like, oh my wow. Gosh. Wow. What a throwback. <laughs> That's just a side note. <laughs> I tell you, I thought I was not going to like the tree. The tree guy. Really? What is his name? Uh, is it Bark Troll? I think it's Bark Troll, yeah. I thought I was going to hate Bark Troll. Because <laughs> of the type of voice they chose to do. But the guy has so many funny one-liners in that episode alone. And it just... Oh, good. I don't know, it cheered me up. Oh, gosh. <laughs> That's great. I love that. I have to say something I love about this is overall, not just this episode, but the music. I think the music is magnificent. I do. I do love me some good, some good music to pair with cartoons. Gabby, did you enjoy anything or did you find anything annoying or anything in this episode? Honestly, the entire time that I was watching the first episode, I was like, huh, that's not how that was in the movie. Like what? Like Aida, obviously. She's very green. Very, very, very green. And I'm like, (laughs) um, no, in the movie, she's like black leather. Like, she is terrifying in the movie. I was scared of her as a kid. Oh, so you didn't think she was scary in this? No, I didn't. She's not scary. I agree with that. She was not scary. She gives me Doofenshmirtz vibes. It gives you what? Doofenshmirtz vibes. (laughs) Phineas and Ferb. Oh my no, god. No, you're right. You're right. Like she tries so hard to be evil queen, but she's just it's she's not good at it. Maybe <laughs> I enjoy her because I relate. Like that was my whole childhood. I wanted to play the evil queen characters. <laughs> I could never pull it off, but I tried every time. <laughs> so, <laughs> I feel I feel it in my soul. So Zaida wasn't scary. According no. to Gabby and Jesse, apparently. No, she was not scary. She was fun to watch, though. I, I thought her, her hand throwing with fire was very entertaining. <laughs> that was so random. Right? Like, I feel like, couldn't she just have done that at, like, Bastion? Wouldn't that have been quicker? Just be like, Yeah. She's like the cartoon version of Star Wars Stormtroopers. Or, like, Voldemort. <laughs> He couldn't use magic to kill Harry, but he could have just picked him and threw him out the window. 
Like, the logic isn't there. Just bring a gun on Hogwarts. You know, no one knows what that is. I never thought about any of this. (laughs) (laughs) I've just been... I just started going through the Harry Potter series, the books. And so, like, the fact... So, like, this is really hitting home right now. Like, oh, my (laughs) word. (laughs) I feel like I need to speak up on Zaida's behalf. I think she's cool. (laughs) I realize she may not be the best bad lady villain person. But I, I am a sucker for the classic <laughs> evil villain. I just I'm evil a for evil's for sake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fair. That's fair. You don't have to I think love- about it too hard. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Did you guys have a favorite character in this episode or moment? I like the spunky little potion lady. Yeah, I love her. Angie, she was look- fun. Yep. I like her. She reminds me of the wife in uh, Princess Brad. I called it. I said the exact same yep. thing. I was nice. like, I love the old couple bickering over modern science versus potions. Totally gives me Princess Bride vibes. Uh-huh. Oh, my goodness. I mean, can I count Bastion as my yeah. favorite character? Go for it. Do tell. I mean, he's got, he's got agency, which is nice for a protagonist in a cartoon of this caliber. <laughs> Stuff doesn't just happen to him. He goes out and seeks things out. Um, mm. For being a child voice actor, his voice doesn't... I don't get tired of it. Like, I don't get tired of listening to it. There are some cartoons where if it plays for long enough, I get kind of tired of hearing. Um, but no, he was he's a good protagonist. Yeah, the voice acting's good. One of my favorite quotes, and I think this is like my life story quote, is I think it was between Bark Troll and Bastion. Bark Troll's like, what's your plan? Bastion, I'll let you know once I think of something. Yeah. It's my life story. Yeah. Start with the letter P and call it a plan. You don't even have to have a P. You just have to have a P. P. (laughs) Just just the sound. That's something. Did anyone else find it super convenient or inconvenient that these tears of sorrows just happen to be right next to the fountain of life? Yeah. Like, why would you put that there? (laughs) Why did you cry here? Stop like, that. And why so was inconsiderate of the rest of life on this entire planet. But if so you told if, them that, they would cry. <laughs> so for the audience members that just decided to not bother watching this and they're wondering what we're talking about, the thing that caused all these people to turn into statues was the Acarus, these sobbing, ugly creatures with tentacle arms, and they look like babies wrapped in mummy stuff. You say um, they look like mummies to me. Yeah. Octopus yeah, they look like mummies. Octopus mummies, yeah. Well, that's what they were. Little baby octopus mummies. Yeah. Um, they're tears. So they were crying because they were ugly. Yeah. And then Zaida's robots were drilling holes into the rock that, like, com- um, connected the cave that they were crying in to the waters of life. That fed the whole of Fantasia. And anyone who drank the... Drinked is not a word. Anyone who drank the water... Or even looked at it. Or even looked at it too closely. Turned to stone. Okay, I guess. <laughs> it just seems like... Who thought this was a good idea? Why wasn't there an Acarus removal plan in Fantasia? Yeah. Yeah. Also, who told them that they were ugly? Like... Yeah, that's so mean. Like, right? I mean, like, 
who told them that they were so ugly that they had to hide in the dark and cry this deadly, poisonous tears? Like, <laughs> I thought they looked pretty cool. I was maybe really just, sad whenever they changed. Maybe they just saw each other and they're like, you ugly, you ugly too. Like, <laughs> maybe it yeah. was a toxic community and they just hated themselves. Maybe. I mean, they don't even look at each other, so. Like mm. weeping angels. Stop it. <laughs> this is not about Doctor Who. Everything's about We've Doctor already... Who. Already hard enough. I just watched them. Okay, nope, we're, <laughs> we're not doing that. <laughs> I gotta say, I thought the ending of the Tears of Sadness was kind of uninspired. How like, did it end again? Bark Troll oh, the combined a bunch thing. of yeah. household cleaning up products, made ammonia gas or whatever in that bottle. I don't know what he made. He spills it and it changes the the Acarus into these oh they're like clown creatures and they give them they're a like... really weird new name yeah i can't think oh, of the new name right now oh that's a... is it the vuj vuj it starts with an sch like sh or shma okay i'm gonna look here nope that was yeah all but i, I uh, while you're looking that up to finish my thought um i just wasn't impressed it was also accidental and i don't like that they look like clowns yeah, and their laughter was, was really weird. grating. And How would first, you have ended it? Like, if you could do I, an alternative um, ending, what do you think? I realize that's asking a lot last minute, but... Well, no. I think a better ending would probably have been... Well, let's go in the same vein that Gabby said. She thought it looked pretty cool. So mm. why not mm. teach the Acarus to be happier with their with their appearance you know introduce them to the rest of fantasia and say you don't have to cry no one thinks you're ugly and then there would be like tears of relief maybe or i don't know that would have been a cool lesson for kids yeah Yeah, i could see that Mm -hmm. so not that that's much more inspired that's a pretty common trope for kids tv shows to do something like that um but But, i think um, it would have been better yeah but it's a lot better than um just change exactly everything about yourself. Yeah, take drugs and become a clown. Yeah, basically. That's that's what the ending of this episode sh- tells little kids. Oh, boy. Drink oh your boy. mommy's household cleaning products. And you'll become a clown and everyone will love you. The first Tide Pod kids. <laughs> I, I think, like, that would have been better also because the next two that we're going to talk about have Very better inspired endings. endings. Yeah. Yeah, they're more like the moral lessons you teach kids. Mm-hmm. The first one doesn't yeah, really have a moral lesson. No. no. Not a really, I, not a good one anyway, like a clear one. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely was more of an adventure than a, a lesson, per se. Yeah, which is fine, but... Yeah. Did you have any other thoughts? Um, oh, the artwork is really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like the fountain yeah. of, of the, the Waters of Life is gorgeous. Um, mm. The background painting which it's still painting at this point they still do painted backgrounds like they have a scooby-doo and everything else were gorgeous i love the inside of the bookshop before he goes to fantasia it just looks really good i do love love the sound the music i love the look i just it fills my fantasy heart with joy (laughs) the whole thing 
So I, we can go ahead and rate it if you want. Yeah. Um, All right. For enjoyment, out of five robots, what would you give this one? I'm going to give it a 4.5 out of five. It's the first episode. It suffers from being the first episode because they, ha- they, they had to work really hard to set everything up. And so not everything was executed very well. Um, but I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. So 4.5. What do you think, Gabby? Um, I think Jesse was being a little generous, and I'm going to give them about three robots. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> it was okay. Like, Ouch. I've seen better first episodes from this era. So, like, oh. they really could have done better because a lot of their peers did about the same and they probably had the exact same budget starting off you know oh man i'm i'm feeling some disdain from gabby over here (laughs) (laughs) i oh man uh for me enjoyment i really now i admit nostalgia is playing a huge role in this for me um I'm a sucker for the classic bad guy. I just, the memories, my childhood rushing back to me. I was just like, mm. And I'm, I'm a sucker for classic fantasy adventures. Go on the quest and save the world. I'm going to do it. My, my gut's saying five out of five. I'm going to give it. I enjoyed it. What about quality? Out of five books, what would you guys give it? Um, I'm going to give it, and I don't know if I just noticed it more in this episode, but some of the movement wasn't so great. It wasn't so fluid. Oh, okay. Like, I, I made the comparison between this and Magic School Bus. And Magic School Bus animation was smoother. Oh, interesting. That's what I noticed anyway. So I'm going to give it a a three. So okay. in the middle ground. Because I already complimented the painting uh, and the designs for things, which I still think are very good. Mm-hmm. Um, the animation itself, the movement isn't so great. I just had another thought. Did anyone else get the f- strong aesthetic feeling of Fern Gully with this series? Oh, I've never seen Fern Gully. Oh. I have. It's been a long. Whoa, we need to put this on the list. Apparently, yeah, put that on the list. <laughs> I like Fern Gully. I have not seen Fern Gully in a long time. But yes, I can. I'm looking at pictures right now, and I can kind of see a yeah, totally similar. So that's favorite too. Aesthetic. <laughs> so for me, it's a three. Gabby, uh, I'm gonna go with a four and a half books because I thought the colors were really well done. Um, they weren't too bright, but like they weren't muted. I thought that the like obviously the animation was a little rough. But the creativity that they put into making all of the different characters was absolutely amazing. Like, the shapes and the sizes Hmm. and the details. I thought that they were really good. Cool. I, I, admittedly, I am not an expert in analyzing quality. I will just admit that now. Um, (laughs) I'm not a visually detailed person, but I just feel like it, it... it just feels beautiful. It sounds beautiful. To me, when I think of other shows and, like, from growing up, this just sticks out to me 
I have no nothing to back this up. It just sticks out to me in particular. So I definitely, I would give it at least a four out of five books. Fair. Yeah. I think. Is that what I'm going to do? I think. You know what? I'm just going to. Five out of five. Five out of five, all, all, the, way, all the way around. I don't even care. It's my rating, and I know I don't know what I'm talking about, but here we go. No, it's valid. You're valid. So dismiss my opinion, should you so desire. It's fine. That's fine. Okay. Episode number two, The Meek and the Mighty. All right, Jesse, what is your brief summary of what happens in The Meek and the Mighty? My brief summary. Oh, good grief. <laughs> so, your boy, Bastion, goes back to Fantasia. And this time, he finds the town of tiny, tiny people. Tiny, tiny people. people. Man, I cannot speak. He finds... <sighs> Rachel, maybe I shouldn't. Because I can't talk. <laughs> I mean, I'm the not town in much of little people is being but... terrorized, not on purpose, by a <laughs> rock giant baby, who then like gets away from his mom and dad uh, into the caves of the mountains, uh, where no one else, um, the rock giant size could go, could go through. So they ask Bastion to basically follow the baby into the cave to help him get out. And the mayor of the town of Tiny People accompanies him. And he's being really racist the whole time. Yeah, he's, he's very racist against the, the rock giants. Extremely so. Yeah, he calls them rock chewers. He takes offense to everything anyone ever says. Because he's like, oh, it's because I'm tiny, isn't it? It's, it's really on the nose. <laughs> Writing. It's not subtle. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's, it is not subtle, no. Yeah, so, I keep asking, that's your summary? <laughs> yeah, that's my summary. I just, it was Jesse, a really I just need you to be sorry like, I gave it. no, it's okay. <laughs> I just need to be like, that's my summary. And I'd be like, that's cool. Perfect. All right. Thoughts? Comments? C- concerns? That's not really a thing we do. <laughs> um. Well, first, feel free to edit out any of my ahs and ums of my summary because I'm quite okay. embarrassed. It's okay. <laughs> I think I, I, I do that to myself, too. Yeah. So, to for my thought, or thoughts, out of the three, I enjoyed this one the least. Thank you. Yes. Okay, I was really afraid. I was really afraid you are going to tell me that, like, Man, loved it. Thought it was great. I was like, oh, oh no. No. Um, first of all, I love praising the voice acting, but the baby, oh whoever God. was making the baby sounds, Listen, was not good at it. Uh-uh. I have a fun fact for you. I just found this out. The voice of Junior Rock Chewer is also the voice of a very well-known and very important character in the series. Take a wild guess. Uh, don't tell me it's Zaida. No, that'd be hilarious, though. <laughs> <laughs> the childlike empress is the same voice actress. No. Lisa Yamanaka. I think that's how you say her name. 
Lisa, Same. you failed us. <laughs> How about you in a bed? They're like, so Lisa, bad. can you do a baby voice? You're like, I got you. <laughs> Lisa, please stop. <laughs> Listen, I just, I don't think I've ever heard an animated baby that I was like, that sounds great. Except for like Kate from Arthur. And that was it. Yes. She's the only one. Um, I would argue that any baby sounds you hear in the Our old Land Before Time movies are pretty decent. Not the best, but they're pretty oh. decent. Um, but yeah. Definitely the best yeah. is uh, little Kate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but Pretty I thought sure this just episode used... was... Oh, yeah. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. I thought this episode was... I guess boring's the right word. Yeah. The colors right. aren't great. I know we just praised the colors, but for some reason this in this episode, the backgrounds and the colors aren't great until they get into the cave where the crystals are. That's that looked cool. pretty decent. I liked that. Um, but why would you do a storyline about a bigoted tiny person helping to find a rock baby? The rock baby... The rock baby has no prejudice. There's nothing for the rock baby to learn. Yeah. Because he is baby. Unless it's not about the baby learning. It's about the tiny I'm, baby learning. I'm not saying that's what they wrote it for, but... I feel like it's hard to watch that and say, there's nothing about prejudice in here because he freaking hates rock people. <laughs> he was literally trying to incite like a race war. Yeah. Like getting up on yeah. a soapbox and telling everyone how they needed to take down the rock giants. Like that's a full on incitement of a race war. I like, bruh. <laughs> So yeah, I think it was intentional. But oh, it absolutely it, was. There's no doubt it sure. was intentional. But the like, resolution makes no sense either. Yeah, we get all the way to like the final five minutes, and Tiny Bigot gets a change of heart, kind of out of nowhere. Yeah, and then he doesn't even stick with it because he gets yelled. Oh, he yells at the rock people at the very he still, end. He still yells at. Yeah, he does. So. No, nothing happened. The episode did nothing. There was no development. I feel like there was... Can we say he's in the going in the right direction? Because I feel like sure. he definitely... To be honest, he's absolutely a bigot. However, I feel like he was probably specifically ticked off at the rock baby because he's a baby that just happened to be ginormous. <laughs> And if my babies, if my baby was ginormous, I'd probably be like, ah! <laughs> I gotta say, the the rock parents were um, very restrained at, like, everything he said. Like, he was saying some pretty awful things in their presence. And they were like, oh, it's fine. Like, talk about being the bigger person, literally. Yeah, like, if someone said stuff about, like my kid the way that this guy was talking about a literal baby oh my i'd want to throw hands i wouldn't care if they were three inches tall and i was like the size of a mountain i'd want to squash them like a bug <laughs> so but they're just good like, role models oh, well. oh my <laughs> goodness i love how like i'm just over here like i didn't think about that and y'all are like mm-hmm this we're gonna squish this man <laughs> 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 Listen, you this know is the one funny? I paid the least amount of attention to. 
Oh, like I was watching it, but I ended up scrolling my phone for some of it because, again, nothing really happened. No. Well, and to be honest with you, let's talk about how it progressed as a whole in the series. We go from the first adventure where it's like Fantasia itself is in trouble. People are turning into stone and nobody knows what's happening to, uh-oh, our baby ran away. Oh, better go catch him. Whiplash. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like, it's like, oh, I'm ready for big adventures. And then it's like, oh, did you find Junior? Huh. Yeah, I would have <laughs> saved this one to further into the series. Yeah, like as like, a, oh, you've been through all these adventures. Let's take a little breather and focus on a slice of life smaller thing. But yeah. after your second episode, Mm-mm. it's like slamming the car to a hauler. Like, too soon. Way too yeah. soon. Yeah. Way like, pumping on those brakes when you don't need to and when you shouldn't. Yeah, like, episode yeah. three should have been episode two. Yeah. Yeah, I, that would have felt much better. I still yeah. don't think I would have liked this episode anymore, but... <laughs> yeah, but at least it wouldn't be, like... As out of place. Absolute whiplash from going, like, big adventure, yeah. baby. Big adventure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I... I, like, I know we've been hating on this. I appreciate that they attempted an episode that discussed reconciling differences between people groups. Yeah. I just don't know that it thing. was well just done. Done well. Yeah, I agree <laughs> with you there. It's not that they I, shouldn't I, have tried. It's just they could have done it better. Yeah. Well, For one, I, the only thing that the rock people did to kind of reconcile with the tiny people is they made them a little tiny town, which is fine. That's really cute. Mm-hmm. But you look at it and you're like, so how do you guys actually help each other? You you don't. Mm-hmm. You built them a town and then you left, and the tiny people do anything for you. So that there's no, like, oh, we uh, need each other. Mutual... We have to work together. There's no yeah. stake that says if we don't work together, we're we're going to lose this or we're going to be wiped out or we're going to have to leave Mm. our homes. There's none of that. And I think Mm. a better plot would have revolved around, would revolve around recognizing the differences to solve a common shared problem. Yes. I was just thinking that. Yeah. It had to be something they both struggled with. Mm -hmm. And it could have been baby in the cave. I just would have added something else to it that says, oh, they went to the cave mm-hmm. and that causes problems for everybody. Or if he accidentally took something into the cave that now causes problems for everybody. Yep. Mm-hmm. So you wouldn't have to change it too much. And instead of padding out the runtime with uselessly wandering in a cave, you could kind of speed <laughs> up the action a little bit by having a few more plot elements to, to, to contribute to that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was just thinking about when you discuss the having them like equally reconcile with one another, I just realized like the whole time it's the little people hitting on the rock people and the rock people are the ones that do something to make a difference. Yep. So it's basically, you're right in that nothing really changes. It's the rock people being, Oh, we're bad. Sorry. Let's, let's help. Like, yeah, there's nothing about the little people being like, hey, maybe, maybe it's just, you know, it's fine. <laughs> like, 
chill out. <laughs> also, they were wrecked by a baby. Like, it wasn't like the rock giant husband, like, trampled over their town right. running after his kid. It's a baby right. who doesn't know any better and who needs to learn. And you know, this stuff kind of happens. I mean, yeah, it destroys their houses. So it's not like it was, it was an unimportant thing. But this is a baby. They're still figuring out yeah. right and wrong. And the rock giant parents are very amicable and they're very nice people and as far as i can tell from the context of the episode they're not causing direct problems to the tiny town no. it's just the baby who got out so they're not even bad people oh my goodness yeah it's just uh, yeah. this could have been handled very so differently <laughs> yep oh man do we have those answers maybe not but do we see a problem? Absolutely. <laughs> it's easier to put out problems. <laughs> Did you guys have any other, like, ups, downs? Oh, I had a thought. I just remembered. Why couldn't... Now, I'm sure there is a reasonable, logical explanation for this. But why couldn't the rock people have just eaten through the cave? Like, yeah. Yeah. people. Why couldn't why, they? I mean... Why was the... that... Wouldn't the lava have been, like, hot chocolate? Yes. Like, why is this yeah. such a big deal? Like, like the daddy giant ate, like, the whole broomstick. Or at least he tried to. Like, why couldn't why they just eat through the cave and get their baby? Like, why Why was this such a big deal? Uh, Other than, I guess if your child crawls into your box of cereal or something, like, you might have <laughs> trouble pulling it out. But, like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're so right. Like, the, it's a cave. The rules it's, they set down for the rock people aren't even followed. Nope. But they eat rock, except not right now. It's like, oh no, he crawled into a, a giant rock, which we love to eat. We will not eat this rock. We will have someone else go in and find our baby. <laughs> yeah, have someone that's like half the size of your baby go find your baby with someone who is like a sixteenth of the size of him. <laughs> Hey, they put Maybe a lot of faith of... into Bastion, but I do want to know, did they think he would, like, carry their baby back to them? <laughs> because I don't think any reasonable person would expect that of, of someone of Bastion's stature. Oh my gosh. The oh. snail wasn't going to help anything either. Yeah, what were they expecting him to do? Also, that braided rope thing at the very end, it was kind of contrived. It's like, oh, let me braid a rope real quick so that it can support the weight of a rock baby. It didn't look like it could anyway, even when they put it all together. So, oh my goodness. Yeah, no, that my complaints with the first episode were purely narrative. My complaints with this episode is that nothing makes sense. <laughs> yes, it's a totally different level of complaint level here. Yeah. <laughs> that is sucks. Oh my goodness. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. It, and I'm so mad that it was sucked because... It had so much potential. We could have said this episode rocks. And <laughs> we can't. <laughs> I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go check on my bread. Okay. Gabby's making bread. Oh, that's fine. It was an accident. I tried to make pancakes, but I made the batter wrong, and it didn't cook like pancakes, so I started to use it as a bread starter, and so far, it's working as a bread starter. It has I yogurt like in it. The audience There's a lot of stuff going on know. in that kitchen. This audience <laughs> needs to know how this turns out. Like, this is very important to the development of this episode. 
I mean, I don't know if the bread will be done by the time we're done, but we can always message you later so you can tell the audience. Excellent. Like, hey, the bread worked or the bread sucked. How many rocks out of five rocks? How did the bread turn out? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I guess Gabby's um, not here to. Well, maybe she comes well, you back. Could, we can let her. You do could the do your rating. And yeah, my rating. I can do both my ratings. I'll go okay, first. Yeah. You go next. So and enjoyment and quality. The... Yeah. What do you got okay, for us, quality... Jesse? Uh, it it was well. Oh, wait, am I doing quality or entertainment? Uh, enjoy. Start with enjoyment. Out of five robots, enjoyment? how much did you enjoy this? One. I didn't really enjoy it. Um, yeah. 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 I think Bastion is the best part of that episode, which is a perfectly fine thing because he's the protagonist. Um, but not even he could salvage all the other characters he was stuck with. It was True not a that. good episode. Um, Quality-wise, yeah. I'm going to give it a two. Because it's it's pretty much as well done as the other episodes, as far as the animation quality. In fact, I even think the animation was slightly smoother. But it oh. was so uninteresting to look at. Like the cave, and the tiny town, and the, what are they, the cheesy mountains, or whatever they're called? Is that what they were called? I didn't even notice them say that. I'm probably saying it wrong. Oh, it I just, it was know. very gray. Even when they got into the crystal cave, which looked better, it was just kind of green with badly animated reflection effects. I just, I think I'm they kind of gave up on this one. here too, at least. Big boom. Hold on just a second. Gabby? Okay. There's a clatter <laughs> in the kitchen. <laughs> I I hope our audience could hear that. I I hope so too. So that's my rating. Yeah. What um, about you? I gotta say the same on enjoyment. I just I did not enjoy it. It was a one. I suffered through it, and I was glad when it was done. <laughs> quality. I, I struggle with the quality thing just because, like, I admittedly I don't know a lot about animation in technical aspects. To be honest with you, I just kind of have gut feelings and go with it. Um, it just, it was boring. It was a boring setting. The cave was kind of cool, but it was still boring. <laughs> Very boring. Yeah, I don't know, 2.5? Maybe. Two, two, That's fair. <laughs> 2.5, why not? I don't know. You give whatever rating you want. If you think it sucked, it sucked. <laughs> two point. I will, Jesse. I'm stealing your rating. I'm gonna say it's a two as well. Cause like the story, like you said, oh. the the attempt was noble, but the execution was junk. They, the writers a lot. made more of an attempt than the art department. Well, is what it, it seemed like. But even the writers, as we discussed. There was a lot of illogical jumps that were made in this episode. Yeah. It, mm. At best, you can see what they wanted, and they yeah. didn't get what they wanted. Yeah, This I'm episode is the... probably a disappointment to at least a couple people on that crew. Yeah. I, okay, so I'm sticking with my two then for quality. Just because story-wise and the fact that they didn't eat through the cave. Um, yeah, that's that's what I'm going with. 
So that leaves Gabby for your rating on entertainment and your rating on quality. Ugh. <laughs> I'm giving it a one robot and a one book, one both, because both were absolutely horrendous. Like, they had the ability to make the landscape absolutely gorgeous. They could have made the rocks beautiful. I mean, we saw what they did with the waterfall and the fountain of life. Like, they had the ability to make all of this absolutely beautiful, and instead they were like, eh, let's make a couple of brick buildings and, like, I don't know, paint a brown, grayish blob and call it a boulder. Call it a cave. <laughs> like, they could have done so much better in the beginning of the episode and throughout the episode, and they didn't. Gabby, I love how you yeah, just I come mean, in like a whirlwind being like, this was trash. Thank you. Well, it's because it's a disappointment because the first episode is pretty good. Yeah. And they it's set like they high gave standard. up on this one. Yeah. They set really high standards in the first episode. And you're like, this series is going to be absolutely gorgeous. And then you watch the second episode and you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> I was a little, uh, to be honest, because I hadn't seen the other two we were watching i was a little bit worried i'm like is this an indicator what the rest of the show is going to be like no it's not <laughs> i was i was worried i was spoiler I alert was a little worried <laughs> moving um, so on the next one's better <laughs> the purple buffalo what a name what a name okay so um jesse i'm ready for your beautifully worded summary <laughs> oh my goodness someone put me out of misery all You're right. the one that volunteered, so... I know. This is all my fault. Uh, in short, Bastion goes to the land of Fantasia, per usual, uh, to discover that all of the purple buffalo have disappeared from the great ocean of grass. Dun, dun, as dun. well as his friend, Atreyu? Atreyu, yeah. Atreyu. I'm glad I got that right. Um, left behind is his talking horse, who has a lovely voice actor. And very much like his voice actor. Um, and he's visited while searching for his friend and the buffalo. Bastion is visited by the buffalo spirit who gives him the means to save the day. Um, spoiler alert. The evil Zaida is the one who stole the buffalo and put them in her black gem. Surprise, surprise. Uh, but they get him out and it's great. Can I just jump in with one of my first thoughts? Yeah, you go. I've been like going first on all this stuff. So go for it. So I think Gabby can back me up on this. I did a double take when I saw that a tray was green. I was like, what? Why, why is he a green boy? Why, why? Then finally found out today that, and I, it's been so long since I've read the book that I was like, what? He is green. His people are literally green in the book. Um, however, they tried to do it in the movie. They did. But apparently it looked super bad. Like, really, really bad. And the actor that played Atreyu in the movie said he looked like an olive or a bug or something. Like, he was like, mm, -mm it's not happening. <laughs> so. I mean, I've seen some of the movies from that era. I haven't seen Ever Ending Story. I've seen uh -huh. some movies at that era. And when the makeup is bad, it's bad. <laughs> you can kind of get away with bad makeup today because it's still kind of up to par with like uh -huh. TV. 
you know, like like TP science fiction or fantasy. Yeah. So even if your movie movie looks, even if your movie looks terrible, you can kind of excuse it. In the eighties, if your movie looked terrible, it was unwatchable. <laughs> so I think for being an eighties film, I think they made the right call just to let the kid yes. look like a Native American and leave it at that aesthetic because it looked good. It looked good that way. I would say for sure. Oh yeah, but. I love, I love the Native American influences mm-hmm. for Atreo and his tribe. Like that's cool. You'll notice that in a lot of '90s media, they were and '80s media too. Obviously, there was a. I don't think it was like a collective, like purposeful movement, but there was a movement of a kind to incorporate. Native American culture into American pop culture. Hmm. Big thing in the 90s, for sure. We were seeing it on every kid's cartoon, um, live action, like kid shows, like on Nick or Disney. They really like Native American people. Here it is. And that was for better and for worse. Because sometimes it was handled so poorly. But in this, I think it was handled quite well because it's, they're thematically Native American, but they're not actually Native mm. American. Yeah, I could see that. So yeah. there's some wiggle room there. And none of it seemed disrespectful to me. Um, although if someone did find something disrespectful, I'd love to know what that angle is. Because I'm always ready to, to to hear how one aspect is offensive in some way. Because I don't know a lot about the culture. Right, yeah, same. But it seemed pretty inoffensive to me. It was very interesting. And you could tell where the themes were coming from. But mm-hmm. it, was, it was still nice, um, yeah. and definitely an improvement from the preview. Uh, definitely an improvement from the previous episode. Cool. Oh, on a side note, is Gabby with us yet? Or no? She had to step out for a second. Okay, good to know. I was like, I talked to her, and I'm like, I didn't get a response, so I don't want to just be like, hey, Gabby. And then... <laughs> she cool. was soothing. No. Cool. <laughs> Um, I can tell you, though, that she did say, oh, it's a Atreyu, whenever he popped up. So she was excited to see him. I can corroborate that. Cool. Cool. I Were you, did you notice, Jesse, that, like, the dad knows about the book? Like, I know you haven't seen the film or read the book, oh, yeah. but, like, I was kind of surprised. I feel like a lot of series and whatnot don't do, usually the parents are kind of, don't know about this other side of the kid's life and the dad just talked as if he was like like oh yeah you go to this other world in a book i might be misremembering the dialogue from the episode but it seemed to me more like the dad knew where he went and that he was reading a bunch but there really Mm. wasn't anything to indicate that he knew about fantasia more so that he thought his kid was just super into reading and he was okay with him being away for hours at a time well he talked about atreyu specifically oh did he he mentioned him by name then now, i definitely misheard you, the maybe he was talking about it as a book and doesn't realize that it comes to life on bastion or we could meet in the middle Maybe he does know about the book in Fantasia, but doesn't know about the stakes. 
the danger, mm. the missions. It's more so like, oh, it's a magic book. It needs to hang out with people. That's cool. Because <laughs> you'd think that if he knew what Bastion got up to yeah. and how much peril he actually put himself in, I don't think the dad would let him go back to the bookshop. I don't think so. He probably knows would. enough to like feel like he is in the know, but not so mm. much that it would interfere with Bastion's trips to Fantasia. So, but I didn't notice he mentioned Atreyu by name, so I definitely yeah. mis misread the conversation. I just noticed it. I put in my notes. He talked about Atreyu pretty casually, and I'm like, what? I think he. I wonder I think if he also. I wonder if he huh? thinks Atreyu is just a friend that goes to the bookstore with him. Maybe. <laughs> like, there's a bunch of different explanations, and it could be that book, he knows everything about Fantasia. I think Bastion. Bastian, I think, does tell his dad about the adventure at the end of the book, but that's the book. Like, yeah, we don't, don't have know. any context in this series as to how that transition happened. Yeah. Now, because I haven't read the book or seen the original movie, is Bastian's dad a single dad? Bastian's mother passed dad? away. Ah. Yeah. So okay, she see, actually I didn't know that. That's a big point in the movie and book is the fact that his dad's actually not very available in Bastian's life um, emotionally and stuff. He's actually, especially in the movie, he's seemingly kind of like, this is what we do. Okay, go. Not very open emotionally to Bastian. Kind of strict. Um, yeah. So, because I think he's, he's struggling to deal with the loss of his wife, you know. Um, so that's kind of what this book became was an outlet and escape for him in a sense. Well, so. maybe in an attempt to emotionally reconnect with his son, he entertains all these stories that Bastion tells. Oh, maybe. Maybe not fully believing that they actually happened and that they actually happened. So maybe not fully believing that they actually happened, but more so trying to be supportive and connected to his son. Maybe. I mean, it's a kid's cartoon. The dad features very little. I'm sure it's not that deep. But if you wanted to analyze it like a, yeah. like the piece of media that it is, you could come uh -huh. to a bunch of different conclusions. I bet you there's some, like, obsessed, never-ending story expert out there that would hear this and be like, this is trash. I got the answer right here. <laughs> I've got the answer. Like here, here's what's really going on, and we're over here like, what about this? <laughs> See, I used to be super obsessed with like knowing everything about a piece of media, and in mm -hmm. in a way, I'm still obsessed with knowing. But I think I've left the snobbishness, the snobbishness behind with that. Like I'm the expert. Like. I just happen to know lots of useless trivia about so many different TV shows and cartoons just for my own personal enjoyment. So if nobody else cares about it or if they have a different uh, idea about the context of something, I don't really care. In fact, mm -hmm. it's kind of interesting to see how different people interpret something, even as yeah. silly as a cartoon. Absolutely. Gabby's any back. Other... Do you have any thoughts? Yeah. I don't know. I jumped right into the middle end of your conversation, so I have no idea what's going on. So we're talking we about the purple buffalo. Yeah. And we're just kind of expressing thoughts about 
the episode. And I finished my thought about the analysis, so we can keep talking about the episode itself. Yeah, did you have any favorite moments or anything, Gabby? Or stuff that you thought was dumb or that stuck out to you or anything? Um, I actually really liked the ending where Bastion realizes that in order to bring back the purple buffalo, he has to release, you know, break open the black diamond. And he has to use Zaida's powers to do that. And yeah. Like, because, like, it, it makes you think that in every act of evil there is a good because she, he had to allow this act of evil that was done with evil intent, with the intent of harm and destruction, and he used the, the resources he had um, and the knowledge that he had been given to turn it into an act of good and of healing. And I thought that was really cool. I really liked that ending. No. That's our cat she's saying no to. <laughs> he keeps trying to get the wire and the computer and, like, figure out what's going on. He's a very curious thing, but, um, He wants very to big. know. No, I like that point, though. I think it's also a nice dip into, the, into um, like, irony and, like, yeah. justice. <laughs> because they go through all this trouble to stop Zaida and she gets the better of them because she's so powerful and you really think or rather she really thinks i finally win i beat bastion because i get yeah. to do my magic thing and let all the the buffalo who i've turned into locust loose into the great ocean of grass and in the middle of this he he used her own power against her he was like okay do it and once they're all released, then he can do his bit of magic that he got from the spirit and undo everything she's worked for. So it's not even so much that he stopped her, like you were saying. It's more so that he he let her do what she wanted and then undid it, which yeah. I think hurts more. <laughs> I, I need to preface this thought with this is a hundred times better than the second episode. Yes. But it's still... I was like, okay, my brain, this is where my brain went. Like, Zaida, how in the world were you like, I got it. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take the purple buffalo and I'm going to turn them into giant locusts and they're going to eat all the grass and then everyone will die. I was <laughs> like, who, who thinks of that? Who is sitting at home like, that's it. I'm going to turn some buffalo into locusts. It's perfect. Um, a dude from Schmertz X. Esque villain. That's who. I could not say. I'm I telling just, you, she gives off doofenshmirtz. She's I, making I, I nators that no one needs. Yep. And she's being I, stopped they're not, by. They're not actually dangerous. They're just an inconvenience. Well, I mean, I, I can see how ecologically kind of dangerous, but she didn't make it directly. Yeah. She was just drilling holes into the mountain. I just to drilled the nader. I can't. I, at least with the first the buffalo episode, buffalo two locusts and nature. <laughs> at least with the first episode, it's like, oh my word, this is freaky. We're turning into stone. But with this one, it's like giant locust buffalo. <laughs> so I gotta tell you guys this in all honesty, because again, I haven't seen any of the original media. When the bugs came out of the gem, I thought that's what the purple buffalo were supposed to look like. 
<laughs> I thought Bastion had won them because they were all out. I didn't realize they weren't supposed to be bugs. Well, I I don't know that the buffalo. I don't think the buffalo are in the movie, right? No, they're not. They're not. That's a book thing. Yeah, that's a book thing. Yeah, but if it's a book thing, I didn't know about it, so I'm like, oh hey, look, the buffalo are out. I guess they're just bugs because <laughs> fantasy settings tend to do stuff like that. And oh, they're not supposed to be bugs. Never mind. <laughs> okay, one other thought. Why is? I mean, I feel like Gabby can kind of back me up on this. Why is Zaida in a pirate ship? Why? The aesthetic. Why? Why? But how did we change aesthetics? She resides in a big pokey thorn hand castle thing. And she's like, you know what? I just want to go out on the prairies in my little pirate ship in the sky. Like. If you're going to go on the ocean as a villain and you do not have a pirate ship with you, you have failed as a villain. Can, that is can it at least have like black paint, dark sails? This looks like a happy-go-lucky pirate ship floating on the prairie. She is a villain like. that wears five different shades of green. She's not <laughs> going to have like a biker-esque. She looks like a French fashion nightmare. Yes, thank you. <laughs> That's what she looks like. Maybe maybe I'm just putting too much stock in the movie. I just, I was like, even I was like, this just does not fit a, for a stereotypical cartoon villain, even this ship does not fit, like, I'm evil and I'm going to take over the world. You're right. It's so funny because the first episode had actual stakes. Like, people mm-hmm. were turning into stone. Like, if they didn't get reversed, they were essentially dead. Yeah. Um, and that was Aida's plan to turn everyone in Fantasia to stone. Like that's pretty hardcore. Yeah. Compared to I turn the buffalo to locusts. I live in a pirate ship. My name is Aida. Fear me. Like, no one fears you. And your stupid pirate ship. Scooby Doo. Can I admit sure, can it ter- have ecological consequences and eventually destroy Fantasia? Absolutely. Yeah. But like all you gotta do is send up warriors with some, like, bow and arrows and shoot down the locusts or something, you know? Like, yeah. Pesticides. <laughs> Pesticides, yeah. Heck, if they hunted the locusts, like, they would have food for years if they preserved it properly. Insects are a huge, like, source of protein. In countries Wait. where they eat insects as part of their diet, are they're so protein rich. Yeah. And they're so easy to get to. So the death even if of buffalo all the hadn't buffalo? been changed back, hmm? would the death of all the buffalo have caused a downturn in society? Oh, it would have, but if they had to adapt, they could eat the insects and stay yeah. fed, at least for a while. So even if Bastion hadn't stopped Zaida, they could have adapted for a while at least. In my opinion, they're not dumb. They're, in fact, they're quite wise because they're they're one with their environment. Mm, true. Okay, I have one more point, and then you guys can. I'm sorry, y'all can take over. <laughs> but um, have y'all? Okay, I'm just gonna say it. When the buffalo spirit thing came and talked to a tr- uh, not a tree, Bastion. Did anyone else get Avatar: The Last Airbender vibes? Yes. <laughs> I didn't like, realize that was the vibe it was giving off until you said it, but I knew it was giving off that vibe. I was like, this feels like something that would happen to Aang. Like some buffalo yes. spirit being like, 
take this powdery powder and dump it on the buffaloes. <laughs> I think it it's heavily like that feeling comes from the fact that this episode is very spiritual in the oh, way uh-huh. that Avatar is very spiritual. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we didn't have that same feeling with the first two episodes because mm. we didn't have Atreus people and the Great Grass Ocean and the Buffalo. We didn't have any of that. Mm-hmm. It was more, the first one was more like, take any fantasy book you read as a kid. And that's the first one. And the second one is bad. <laughs> <laughs> and then this one is very like spirits and nature and your connection to yourself and your environment. Which is a lot of themes you get from Avatar. Yeah, valid. I think that also speaks to, like, the variety in the the world as a whole. Like, there's so many places in this world that it's crazy. It's it's a very diverse world yeah. to explore. Mm-hmm. I have okay, one I've point to discuss as well. Yes, please. I thought this while I was watching the episode. I really can't put a direct finger on it, but there's something really good about the writing and execution of the escape from the ship. And I'm trying to think this out to see why I liked it so much. I think because they made logical decisions most of the time. It's still a kid's cartoon, so there's a lot of time where they make an illogical leap because it's just easier for the writers that way. But they made a lot of logical decisions to get out of the imprisonment and then back in to wreck the ship. And I think I really appreciate that. Like, um, just for example, they hid Bastion behind the door to get the robot's attention to open it so he could slip out behind the robot. I mean, that's a little thing, but that's, that's a pretty smart thing. And the way that they staged it uh, in the animation, I'm like, yeah, that's believable. I mean, you ever hear a plan a cartoon character has, and when they go to execute it, the animators seem to forget that they need to be hidden. And you're like, if I was that guard, I would obviously see them. And that happens a lot in cartoon. Yep. This one was staged better. Where he was, um, the behavior of the robots. I mean, it all made sense that he could get past them. I love that they jammed the the wooden uh, board that originally held the engine room door shut. They took it off the engine room door and they jammed that into the gears to stop the ship. Like they're using cool. pieces of the environment that we've already seen instead of saying, hey, look, I found this pipe in the corner, which isn't a, a bad thing. Like to say, hey, I found this pipe in the corner, but it's cool that. We're seeing them use environment that has been established. Are you saying unlike Fred and Scooby Doo? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Fred! <laughs> I love all Fred. I, all oh, I could wow. think of Fred. was that you're like, I don't know where he got this stuff, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, not Fred. Oh, Anti-Fred. <laughs> Gabby, did you have anything that stuck out? I mean, you already shared, but like. I already went through my points, apparently. <laughs> um, I think the only point that I have to make is the very end of the episode where you see the spirit 
of Zaida rise up from the ship in a cloud of smoke, and you just sit there and you're like, she just got trampled by purple buffalo. Yeah, she's fine. Oh, yeah. I was like... like, that's very dark for this episode, for this series. That's a really painful way to die. Yeah. I was thinking about that. I'm like, wait, are the buffalo about to trample the boat? The buffalo are about to trample the boat. The buffalo trampled the boat. Let me tell you, (laughs) leading up to that, that's really cool that the the little, um, I forget what it's called, the little flute whistle thing that Bastion made before he went to Fantasia was used Mm -hmm. at the very end to destroy the ship and (sighs) to bring the buffalo back toward the direction of the tribe. Mm -hmm. I thought that was really well executed. It looked really cool when they trampled the ship. But yeah, they trampled Zaida to, I guess, to death. But since she's magic, it's not really. Like, they they ended her corporeal form and forced her to be, like, a part of the spirit magic realm again until she can form her form again. Wow. Which is, yeah, no, that's pretty dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, That's like, something you would see in, like, a... Like a Neil Gaiman book. Yeah, no, that's that's true. Yeah, Neil Gaiman, what a guy. Right. Wait, I need an example. What have I read these books? What books are these? Um, um so like in Good Omens, he has some of his characters be like struck down with fire or struck down with lightning and stuff like that, and they're like supposed to be angels and demons, and they're bodies that they have on earth are like absolutely demolished Uh and like god or satan has to allow whichever angel or demon got struck down to have their body back otherwise they're just floating in whatever realm they're from interesting yeah Yeah, you know gaiman what a guy I read a book of his short stories, and um, it was, yeah. There's a lot of that in there, too. Oh, man. All right, I'm going to go check on my bread again. Okay. We need a bread update. let it proof for too long. I do have one more point to make about the escape from the ship. Yes. Because I just thought of it. When go for it. they knocked the robot against the mesh at the bottom of the ship... And yeah. it fell through and created that hole. Like, I thought that was the end of it. But they used that same opening to escape the ship before yeah. they called the buffalo. And again, I just... I'm just impressed when animators don't make it easy on themselves. Or mm-hmm. rather, when they work smarter, not harder. Because instead of having to find a different exit, or to take a convoluted route, or to find parts of the set we've never seen before, they're using... The set. Oh, the hole's already there, so just escape out of there. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. you'd think that'd be a simple thing to, like, come up with. But they either make it harder on the character to because they have to find something or take them somewhere they haven't been before. Or they have to invent an object that was in yeah. plain view the whole time, even though it wasn't. And I don't know. I just appreciate those little details. Because I think the little details, when they're good, make for a better big picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's all I had. Okay. Well, we can do the rating now. 
it is almost like an hour and a half of recording. I, know. I was like, what? We can talk. <laughs> yeah, true that. I yeah. Okay, so enjoyment and quality. Did you want to go first again, Jesse? No, why don't you go first? Okay. Um, enjoyment. I so I didn't enjoy it as much as the first, but I enjoyed it way more than the second. Um totally valid. Uh I This is going to sound harsh. I don't know. The number that comes to mind for enjoyment was like 3.5. I think it wasn't bad, but I wasn't it was fine. It was good. But I wasn't like, yeah, I think it's just the whole like we're turning buffalo into bugs. I was like, really? This is what we're doing. <laughs> It just felt wonky to me. Um, what about the quality? I think the quality was fine. I thought it looked good. I thought, yeah, I think the quality is fine. Maybe the, the, it was fine. So probably a four out of five for quality. Yeah. I just didn't personally be like, wow, so good. Love it. Great. Like it was, it was fine. It was good. So, yep, 3.5 for enjoyment, but 4 out of 5 for quality, because it, it, looked, it looked good to me. So, yeah, seemed good. Jesse? <laughs> <laughs> for me, I think out of the three, this one's probably my favorite. Really? Something about the pacing of it, and again, those logical steps that the characters were taking mm-hmm. uh, within the context of this magical world. I was, mm-hmm. I, I really liked it. I enjoyed watching it more than the other two, especially more than the second one. <laughs> so I'm actually going to give it a five for enjoyment. Whoa. Yeah, I really liked it. Something about the mysticism, that Avatar Last Airbender vibe, just made me uh, feel yeah. really at home with mm-hmm. the story. I'm like, I'm sure I've seen a variation of this tale across a bunch of different pieces of media, and I'm comforted by it. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, so, I give it a buffaloes five. as bugs all the time. Like, that's such a normal... Yeah. Well, I mean, not exactly <laughs> that plot line. <laughs> no. But I maybe agree. I have. What about quality for you on this one? For quality... For quality, I really, really enjoyed the look of it. The great ocean of yeah. grass. That looked looks cool. Looks beautiful. Um... I think the animation looks smoother than the first episode. It's more similar to the second episode's animation, which I don't know why. It's a very tiny difference, and I know it's a tiny difference, but it it made a difference for me. So I think it looked good. I don't know. The character designs were good. Atreo looked good. The tribe looked good. The buffalo were adorable. There's so much variety. Yeah. 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 There's so much variety with the characters. The shapes and and shades of green. I mean, it was beautifully realized. So I'm going to give it a 4.5 for quality. Yeah. I think they did a really good job. Yeah, they definitely earned that. It was, it was beautifully done. Mm-hmm. What about you, Gabby, who has returned? <laughs> what would you give it for entertainment? Um, I'd give it a 4.5. I think it was oh. really good. Um, there was definitely a very strong storyline. Um, obviously, there was a couple of plot holes here and there, 
but like that's to be expected with this era um but overall i give it a 4.5 robot and i give it i give it a four book um because the quality of the story was very good and the quality of the art style was actually no i give it five books hey Man. five books i give it i five feel books. harsh <laughs> <laughs> well no you expressed I, your true opinion yeah i know nothing wrong with that i i i recognize that it's decent i just didn't enjoy it as much personally i think it's because well, the first to. one had that nostalgic <laughs> kick for me yeah hardcore yeah so anyone who says they're not biased when they judge something is lying yeah everyone has at least a tiny bit of bias toward for for or against something yeah and i think you have to count your nostalgia into your opinion because it's truthful yeah wow we made it through guys what did, what did you think of this adventure into the never-ending story i liked have it you... i thought it was pretty good I mean, if we kept watching it, I'd be okay with it. I don't know if I would seek this out on my own. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't have that same nostalgic connection to the film or the book or the first episode that you all do. Um, there's fireworks going on by us right now. Oh, I'm going to repeat that. that. There are fireworks behind my house right now. <laughs> I don't know why. There have been fireworks going off about every other night this week. And it's very odd, but like we can't see them, but we can hear them. It's leading up it's, to July 4th, but it's kind of early. It's very early. It's Zaida. She's doing something. She oh, is, Zaida. She, <laughs> she gets tripled she with buffalo and then turns into fireworks just to annoy everyone. <laughs> turns buffalo into fireworks? Is that what? She turns herself into fireworks and the buffalo. Oh. <laughs> I... I don't know that I, maybe maybe I will end up sitting down and watching the rest of this series, but I'd be really interested to see how the rest of it plays out. Considering we had like a great, uh, great transition yeah. here, like yeah. you got it. You got to know if episode four is also uh, so, or if it's we, great. Like we want to find out if odd numbered episodes are good, even numbered episodes are bad, <gasps> or if episode so two was just a fluke. Maybe. Hope episode two. Uh, who knows? Yeah, to be honest with you, if we don't pick this back up, I don't feel like I'm going to be remiss about that. <laughs> but if we do, I would enjoy it. So, again, it's one of the shows there you can go. put on in the background while you're doing stuff. Cool. That I don't have any other thoughts, guys. I'm just I'm just really excited that we could watch this. Yeah. Because, yeah, it's and it's. I love how it ties back to, like, an 80s film, a classic book, like, all the things. Oh. Any words of wisdom for our audience? I feel like Gabby usually is like, eat a cookie and drink some milk or something. Go make yourself an accidental bread loaf, bake it, and eat it with a cup of warm tea. With jam. Have jam on the toast. Jam and butter. If you have allergies I... to any of those things, please do not do this. <laughs> <laughs> You know I've been watching the Never Ending Story because I thought you said worm milk. And I was like, <laughs> someone's been around Angie Wook. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, buckle your seatbelt and stay in school and do every drug except don't. <laughs> what? 
That's Maybe my words of wisdom. It don't listen to anything he says. Maybe that's my word of wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we actually are gonna end. So, um, and I'll give you an update on Gabby's bread. And yeah. After. Yeah. I will. I will text you after I have baked it. I will probably bake it tomorrow night since it is already almost ten o'clock. Oh my goodness. Okay. Goodbye, yeah. people. We're going to bed. <laughs> right, goodbye. Adios. Bye. All right, guys. So I checked in with Gabby, and I asked her how the bread turned out, and she said, "Good. It's sweet and soft. Ten out of ten. Will purposefully make again." So there you go. There is the epic bread conclusion you were looking for. Back to the outro.